inshallah we we finished last night bismillah 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 rahman rahim alhamdulillah wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah alhamdulillah wahda wa salatu wa salamu ala man nabiyya ba'da alhamdulillah rabbil alamin wa salatu wa salamu ala khatibil anbiya wal mursalin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in amma ba'd last night we finished surah al ankabut with uh, the story of uh, uh, with the story of um, Ikrama bin Abi Jahal and his wife accepting Islam. So tonight, inshallah, we'll beginning from, uh, beginning from Surah Al-Rum. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Alif Lam Mim Ghalibat al-Rum Fi Adan al-Ardi Wa hum min ba'di ghalabihim sayaghlibun Fi bid'i sinin Lillahi al-Amru min qablu wa min ba'd Wa yawma idhiyan farahul mu'minun Those who are sitting in the masjid, please come closer, inshallah. Allah Ta'ala says, الروم, The Roman army, the Roman kingdom has been vanquished, has been, has been defeated in the nearby land. They were, dis- they were defeated now, but uh, after some time, they will once again become victorious. In a few years. And then Allah Ta'ala says, To Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, Belongs all affairs prior to as well as afterwards. And on that day, the believers will become happy. So, this is an interesting ayah wherein Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is speaking about current events, political events uh, at a global level that were happening during that time of the revelation of the Quran. So, as you know, we want, our style is that normally a tartib of this session is we try to cover as many ayat as possible, uh, brief highlights of different ayat. So we cannot go in, in depth of, of this. We're, we're giving preference to more exposure and breadth over the depth in, the, in these sessions for those who have been attending from before. But uh, So there is a, a, a lot of background here, historical background, understanding what the Roman Empire was, Eastern Roman Empire, and then uh, the Persian Empire. And uh, subhanAllah, the, the fights that took place between the two, <laughs> okay, the wars that were there. Um, so the, the Persians in short, short like the ultimate summary of it is that the Persians were fire worshippers the Sassanids the Sassaniyun kings and their empire and, the, and their, their ruler was the Kisra and then the Romans the Eastern Roman Empire first it was one Roman Empire then there was a schism they broke into half Eastern Roman and Western Roman then the Western Roman Empire was conquered by the Vandals that's where you get the verb Vandalism they came in and the, the tribe, Germanic tribe, the Vandals, destroyed, sacked Rome. The Eastern Roman Empire continued until Sultan Muhammad Fatih conquered Constantinople, Constantinia, and made it Istanbul, became the capital of the Ottoman Empire. Until Mustafa Kemal Ataturk in, uh, came and he abolished the Khilafat after World War I. So, anyway, so there was the Persian Empire and then there was the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire were Christians. Um, after Constantine had accepted Christianity, they adopted the Christian faith. So these two world powers were battling each other. And in the time of Nabi Wasallam, when the Quran was being revealed, the Persians are based in, their capital was in Madain, in present day Persia, meaning Iran. And the Eastern Roman Empire, the capital was in uh, Turkey of today. Constantinia, it was called that time, Constantine. And Constantinople, Right, Constantinia. So that Constantine was the name of the king. So their capital was in the west, in Turkey, modern-day Turkey. 
And in between the two uh, was the land of Iraq and the land of Sham. Sham, greater Sham includes current day Syria, Lebanon, Jordan, occupied Palestine. Right? This, these countries are known as the, the Levant. This is Bilad al-Sham. So this area was in between the two. And then, the, they, so they were fighting for world domination. And then the Persians, they, at this time, their armies went forward and they defeated the Romans. And they took over city upon city upon city until they conquered whole of Iraq. And they conquered whole of Sham, Beit al-Maqdis, Jerusalem. And they went and they were literally knocking the doors of the capital. So it seemed like they were going to be completely destroyed forever. The Eastern Roman Empire. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed this ayah. And he said, غُلِبَتِ الرُّومِ The Romans have been vanquished. They've been destroyed. They've been routed completely. فِي أَدْنَ الْأَرْضِ In the nearby land. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives a prophecy here which was completely contradictory to all the conventional wisdom of the time and what the political pundits were, uh, uh, prof um, they were foretelling, predicting what's going to happen, who's going to win the battle. Allah Ta'ala says, guess what? وَهُمْ مِنْ بَعْدِ غَلَبِهِمْ سَيَغْرِبُونَ After they have been destroyed very soon, they will again become victorious. This really did not make much sense to the people who did not believe in Allah. And Allah Ta'ala said, فِي بِدْعِ سِنِينَ Not like uh, next generation, uh, but in a few years. Bid'an is a number which means from three to nine. So within a few years, they will uh, once again reconquer the lands they had lost. And then Allah Ta'ala says that, um, so to, now the Persians are winning and later the Romans will. But guess Allah Ta'ala says, at the end of the day, لِلَّهِ الْأَمْرُ مِنْ قَبْلُ وَمِنْ بَعْدُ That all authority and kingdom actually lies in the hands of Allah, before and after. And on that day, وَيَوْمَئِذِنْ That day, when the Romans will actually end up winning, يَفْرَحُ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ بِنَصْرِ اللَّهِ The believers, they will also be rejoicing and happy that they will be receiving the help from Allah. He helps whom he wishes. He's a powerful, the one who, uh, Rahim, and the one who has mercy. Now, when this was uh, the Mushrikun and the Muahidun, the, the people of Shirk and the people of Tawheed, the Muslims in Makkah al Mukarramah, they were the two camps. And the Mushrikun, they felt an affinity with the Majusis, the fire worshippers, because they were also Mushriks. They believed in the Khaliq al-Khayr and the Khaliq al-Sharr the creator of evil, the creator of good, two gods so they were mushrik and the people of the, the, the Ahlul Kitab, the people of the book the Muslims felt some affinity towards them because they believed in Allah and, and they believed in the prophets of the past so the mushrikun they used to root for and cheer on the, uh, the fire worshippers the, mush, the mushrikun of Persia and the Muslims were hoping that the Christians would defeat them because they are closer to the deen of Islam. So when the Persians defeated the Romans, the mushrikun were very happy. And they said, see how our mushrik brothers over there defeated the people of, uh, of the book. Likewise, we will also defeat you. So then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he made the prophecy, Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, he made a bet with some of the mushrikun. When they were laughing at the revelation of this ayah, and they said, this is impossible, this is not even improbable, it's absolutely impossible. How is this going to ever happen? Then Abu Bakr said, okay, uh, I'm, I'm ready to make a bet. And he made a bet for 100 camels. And sure enough, when, the believe, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala granted victory to the Romans, then he received that and he gave it all in sadaqah. He gave it in sadaqah. And... 
the, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that the day they will be victorious and that day the believers will be very very happy and what happened was the, the actual battle of Badr when it took place which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says is the Yawm al-Furqan the day of the criterion Yawm al-Taqal Jama'an when the two groups will meet Allah ta'ala has given it the title of Yawm al-Furqan the day of the criterion where Allah established the truth over falsehood so the Muslims defeated the Mushrikun in the battle of Badr the 313 and as they were wrapping up the battle and that is when the news reached them what? that the Romans have also vanquished and defeated the Persians and Hiraqal who was the Roman emperor he walked bare feet to fulfill his nadar and his manna and his vow all the way to Jerusalem to worship Allah and to thank Allah for the victory and that is when he met the tribe of uh, the caravan of Abu Sufyan when he received a letter from Rasulullah in that long story that we talked about for how many weeks? Several weeks in our Bukhari Dars about, in the Bab of Badul Wahi. So, subhanAllah. Okay, one last thing about this before we move on to the next ayat is that uh, the Quran is, uh, gives a what? Khabru man qablakum wa nabu man ba'dakum wa hukmuma baynakum. It gives us accurate uh, information about far distant past events. And it gives us the beautiful, wise commands for the present tense, time. And it gives us also predictions. Uh, not predictions, but it prophecies. Prediction is based on estimate. You predict the weather will be like this. Uh, but rather it gives us prophecies about the future. Now the prophecies of the future, they are the istiqbal qareeb, istiqbal ba'id. Near future and far future. So some of the prophecies about the future were actually fulfilled in the life of Rasulullah So when the Quran gives a prophecy of the future and uh, which doesn't make sense, it's not just by the way it just happened, happened, but it really did not make sense. And when that prophecy came true, the near ones, then logically it is easy for us to believe that the prophecies that are further out in the future will also be true. Inna wa'adullahi haq. The promise of Allah is the truth. So this is an opportunity for us to strengthen our iman, strengthen our yaqeen that the, the Qur'an is the Kalam Allah. Allah Akbar. And then Allah Ta'ala says, moving forward, وَيَوْمَ تَقُومُ السَّاعَةُ يَوْمَ إِذِينَ يَتَفَرَّقُونَ Ayah 14 of the same surah. On the day when the judgment will be established, the people will be divided up. So in the dunya, the mu'minun and fasiqun and kafirun and salihun and mushrikun, everyone is living together. But on that day, they will be divided up. Fariqun fil Jannah wa Fariqun fil Sa'id. One group in Jannah, one group in Jahannam. Allah Ta'ala will say, Wamtazul yawma ayyuhal mujrimoon. All the sinners, separate yourselves. May Allah Ta'ala protect us. We have to be on the right side on that day when the separation occurs. Then there's a very beautiful passage. This is an ayah that frequently we see on the wedding cards. Uh, uh, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala mentions. It should not be printed, at least the Arabic, because then it potentially could be disrespected. Right? If it's a virtual uh, evite, then you're good to go. Right. So it goes, uh, you'll say money also. Why, right? Why does it have to be such a big um, whole box? <laughs> uh, the wedding card. Anyway, Allah Ta'ala says here, وَمِنْ آيَاتِهِ For those who keep on asking about the ayat numbers, for, I keep on giving the numbers, 21. Right? وَمِنْ آيَاتِهِ It is indeed amongst the signs that He created for you, spouses. Right. 
for which purpose? Lam gives you the purpose. Li. Li taskunu ilayha. So that you may gain comfort from them. Sukoon. وَجَعَلَ بَيْنَكُمْ مَوَدَّةً وَرَحْمَةً And He has created strong passion and love between you and compassion and mercy. رَحْمَةً إِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ لَآيَاتٍ لِقَوْمِي يَتَفَكَّرُونَ Indeed, therein there are signs for those who reflect. This ayah I've spoken about in many settings whenever we have nikahs here and other times in the past. Again, there's so much to be said about this, but we want to carry on. One thing we can just note is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala here mentions that the love between the husband and the wife, this is what? A sign of His greatness. This is a sign, this is a marjizah, this is a miracle of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So therefore, when our kids ask us that, you know, how can you go from zero to hundred? How can you get married without dating? You have to get to know each other, you have to spend more time, you have to uh, go on several dates and go steady for uh, you know, a couple of months, six months, a year, whatever. Over here, the situation is that one, two, three, sometimes kids. Then we finally, you know, trying to figure it out. Now it's time to get hitched, right? All the kids are attending the wedding. Not from the prior marriages. Huh? Bridesmaids. Alright. Oh, yeah. So, how does this, how in the world does this happen? How can you marry someone, a stranger, just saw a picture or maybe one meeting? This doesn't make sense. So, then you say that, subhanAllah, if things, uh, normal uh, things that are understood, physical laws of nature, uh, that's not considered a miracle. And when, you know, if the, if the sun rises from the east, that's the normal qudra of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But when the sun will rise from the west, that is a miracle. That's what um, Ibrahim alayhi salam asked in Murud. My Allah brings the sun from the east, you bring it from the west, if you're a god. Or if you take a finger and, and you slice the cream cheese, doesn't mean you're a superman, right? or butter stick or something but if uh, Nabi Wasallam takes his finger and he uh, slices the moon from, from planet earth he's from Makkah he, he takes his finger and he slices the moon just like with a laser and half of the moon goes and sets in the east and half sets in the west completely separated it's not just a, some crack or some optical illusion they will say Yo, you have bewitched us who will say that? The mushrikun. But you see the moon is going to the right and then it comes back together again. What is that? That's an ayatullah. That's a miracle of Allah Ta'ala. So likewise, when they say it doesn't make sense, you say absolutely it doesn't make sense. But this is a miracle of Allah Ta'ala. He is the one who will place such a strong love and attachment. If the niyyah is pure and sincere of the groom and the bride that they are fulfilling the order of Allah in fulfilling the sunnah not of Nabi Wasallam only but rather the sunnah of all the anbiya except for Isa and Yahya Nabiyan wa hasuram min salihin wa laqad arsalna rusulam min qablik wa ja'alna lahum aswajan wa dhurriya we have sent rusul prophets upon prophets they all had wives and children aswajan wa dhurriya so it's sunnatul anbiya and preserve our chastity and fulfill our physical needs and financial needs and um, to have procreation and to uh, continue to add to the ummah of Rasulullah so with these intentions when a person gets married then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will place that mawadda the two levels are mentioned here mawadda and rahmah beginning is passion and towards the end is compassion right so there is a strong muwadda in the beginning Allah puts to overcome the differences and to become united as one. And as they grow old together, then they uh, take care of each other's medication uh, <laughs> and help each other physically, right? So they have rahman.
and love for one uh, and mercy for one another. So Allah Taala mentions these two phases. So which phase are you in? <laughs> Inshallah. And then, so regarding this, there's two tabqas of the ummah. You know, فَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ قَضَى نَحْبَهُ وَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ يَنْتَظِرُ Allah Ta'ala mentioned about the sahaba that there are those who have given their life for the sake of Allah and there are those who are eagerly waiting for their turn. But we can apply that for them. When it comes to marriage, we have a lot of youth here, so I'm saying. There are those who are already married and those who are waiting for their chance. And then, um, moving forward, in, in this surah, Allah Ta'ala says, this is an ayah we spoke about uh, after Fajr today. So there is a, we can go, it's on YouTube now. They put it on the, uh, subhanAllah, uh, live streaming as well as it's uploaded. But this is an ayah that is in this surah, very important. Ayah number 39. When you engage in usury based riba, interest based transactions, this will not increase your wealth in the eyes of Allah. وَمَا أَتِيتُم مِّن زَكَاةٍ تُرِيدُونَ وَجْهَ اللَّهِ And that which you give in zakat to seek the pleasure of Allah فَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْمُدْعِفُونَ Ayah 39 And there was a, a very important discussion on this in the morning about how to interpret this ayah so we can benefit from that inshallah May Allah protect us from the curse of riba from engaging in war against Allah and His Rasul The sins that we are doing is causing the corruption on the earth Allah Ta'ala mentions in ayah 41 ظَهَرَ الْفَسَادُ فِي الْبَرِّ وَالْبَحْرِ the fasad and the corruption has spread on the land and in the sea. And nowadays also in the air and the space. Right. Uh, Allah Ta'ala mentions land and the sea, but the sins are being committed where? In the space as well, in all of the flights. And uh, um, So the fasad is spread, bima kasabat nas. And the, the, when the punishment comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this is a result of what you have earned with your own hands aidi with your hands Allah ta'ala sometimes wants you to taste the punishment of that which you have done some of that which you have done so that you may reflect and make tawbah and come back so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us a shock in this world so that we make tawbah and come back to him Allah ta'ala gives us a smaller punishment in this world so we make toba to protect us from the bigger punishment that is coming and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala goes into surah luqman surah luqman this is a wise individual majority of the opinion is that he was not a prophet but he was granted wisdom Allah ta'ala himself says in surah luqman that we had, we had granted luqman salam hikmah and wisdom so that he should be grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this is a certification from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala authorization that he is authorized that as a wise man as Allah has granted him wisdom in surah al-baqarah Allah ta'ala says yu'til hikmata man yasha he grants wisdom to whom he wishes wa man yu'til hikma faqad utiya khayran kathira whoever is granted wisdom has grant, been granted abundant goodness and Allah Ta'ala granted abundant goodness khayran kathira to Luqman salam there is a very beautiful passage here uh, where Luqman salam is advising his son and this is a very unique uh, scenario where a uh, very unique thing a parallel we can study uh, the advice of Adam uh, Ibrahim salam to Azar in Surah Maryam so in Surah Maryam Ibrahim Islam is advising his father with Qali Ibrahim Abihi Azara. Or he says, Ya Abati, Ya Abati, Ya Abati. Oh my dear father, oh my dear father, oh my dear father. He keeps on repeating that. Bringing him, trying to bring him back onto Tawheed. As he was the one who building, making the idols. And over here, the father 
is now giving advice to the son. And Allah Ta'ala mentions that how was he speaking to him? Remember when Luqman was speaking to his son, this is an adverbial clause. All right? This is a hal, jumla haliya, telling us the condition. How was he advising him in, uh, while giving him sincere advice? Wa'al is that those words which are given with sincerity and well-wishing, wanting the best for the person you are advising, not to criticize, not to demean, not to attack. Sometimes when softness is required in a soft manner, when harshness is required in a harsh manner, sometimes when virtues are required, virtues are mentioned, when warnings are required, warnings are mentioned. If the correction has to be done publicly, is done publicly. If the correction has to be done privately, is done privately. Uh, bottom line, it is with ultimate sincerity. This is the comprehensive meaning of the word wa'ad. So, he was giving him advice in wa'ad. Not he was screaming at the top of his lungs, not he was uh, you know, taking out his frustration and anger, but rather with love he was advising him. And he says, Ya Bunayya. So in Arabic language, the son would be Ibnun. Ibni, my son. But Bunayyun, this is ism, Musaghar, Tasghir, right? Which is a diminutive form. So this means, Oh my dear son. And Ya Bunayya, Ya Bunayya. Now he doesn't just say it once. Every advice, he received this, these words of addressing his son repeated. Oh my dear son, Oh my dear son. Ya Bunayya, Ya Bunayya, Oh my dear son. Ya Bunayya. First, there are five lessons. Summary is five lessons. Number one, La tushrik billah, do not assign partners unto Allah, because shirk is the dhulman azim. So, tawheed. Tawheed is important. Tawheed in the that, that there's only one God. Then he speaks about his sifat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ya buniyya. The same point, first point, he says, Ya buniyya again. If you commit any deed which is equivalent to like an atom, small sesame seed فَتَكُنْ فِي صَحْرَةٍ أَوْ فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ أَوْ فِي الْأَرْضٍ is hidden under a big rock boulder Sahra is a big boulder uh, Hijara is a small, normal stone but uh, Sahra is a big boulder أَوْ فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ أَوْ فِي الْأَرْضِ anywhere in the heavens of the earth يَأْتِي بِهَا اللَّهِ Allah will bring it forth on the day of judgment you will see it فَمَنْ يَعْمَلْ مِثْقَالَ ذَرَّةٍ خَيْرًا يَرَى وَمَنْ يَعْمَلْ مِثْقَالَ ذَرَّةٍ شَر so this is Tawheed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with his being and his attributes introducing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the young child. And this has to be implanted in the hearts of our children and ourselves for that matter. Number one. Number two, Ya Bunayya, Oh my dear son, Aqimi Salah, establish Salah. Salah will create what? Consciousness, uh, consciousness of Allah. Salat will also include what? Discipline, time management. Salat will include tahara, impurity. Salat is tanha anil fasha, evil munkar, prevent from evil. Salat has many benefits. So, number two, salah. Number three, you have worked on your aqidah and your iman, you started doing your own ibadah. But you also have to be concerned about the society because you do not live alone by yourself. You live in a society, in a community. It's not about me, myself, and I. So, number three is what bil ma'roof anha anil munkar, command towards good and forbid evil. And along with this, when you do so, da'wah, you will face opposition. So therefore, in the same breath, he says, وَصْبِرْ عَلَى مَا أَصَابَكْ And be patient on the opposition you will face. As long as you do your own ibadah, you're not minding anyone's business, like Rasulullah was doing his ibadah in the Ghar of Hira, which is known as Ta'abbud, Ta'abbud no one opposed him. Rather, he was the Asadiqul Ameen, the trustworthy, the truthful person, most respected in Makkah. But as soon as he started 
Amr bil ma'roof inviting towards Tawheed. Nahi al-Munkar speaking out against shirk. Na'udh billah, na'udh billah. They said shair gin kahin and majnoon and fula and fula. Fortune teller and crazy etc. Kadhaab liar. So he faced opposition. Tawasu bil haqqi, tawasu bil sabri. Invite towards truth, invite towards patience. So they are linked together. And then... Now, so number one was Tawheed, number two was Ibadah, number three was Da'wah, number four and five are Akhlaq and Adab. Internal purification of the heart is Akhlaq and external manifestation of the etiquette is Adab. So he says, وَلَا تُسَعِرْ خَدَّكَ لِلنَّاسِ When you are talking to people, do not turn your face away from them in a haughty manner. وَلَا تَمْشِي فِي الْأَرْضِ مَرَحَا Do not walk in an arrogant manner. إِنَّ اللَّهِ لَا يَحِبُّ كُلَّ مُخْتَالٍ فَخُورَ Allah doesn't love those who are arrogant. So we have to work on the akhlaq and the adab. Be moderate in your pace of walking. And lower your voice when you're speaking. When you're speaking to a person, one-on-one, right? If I'm speaking to all of you, I have to speak a bit louder. Right? Somebody says, would say, oh, lower your voice. Then why are you broadcasting your voice? Nabi Wasallam, when he would speak, his eyes would become red. As if he is preparing the troops for battle. That's how he would speak in such a forceful manner. Speak to them in an effective manner with balagha. Right? Balagha is, it affects the listeners. And fasaha is very clear speech. Right? So he spoke with Fasaha and Balagha. Fasaha is very clear speech. Kalam al-Fasih and al-Balih would affect the listeners. So, uh, but when you're speaking to one another, then you should speak what? In a low voice. And then he gives an example of the environment as a teacher should give examples, but based on the environment. So this, there, uh, he says, Inna ankar al-aswati lasawtul hamir. The most despicable sound is the braying of the donkey. Now if you tell your child this, he'll say, how does the donkey sound, right? He hasn't seen a donkey, maybe. Unless you took him to the petting zoo, but I don't know if they have donkeys there either. They have more like ponies, perhaps. Anyway, so uh, this is, these are the uh, etiquettes that uh, Ibrahim, uh, he is teaching, Nuhman There's one ayah here in, uh, I spoke about it in the Haram and Halal seminar, uh, not seminar, but the morning chats as well, about music. Was that today? The music was, I believe today, is all a blur at this point. So uh, this is ayah number six of Surah Al-Luqman. وَمِنَ النَّاسِ مَنْ يَشْتَرِي لَهُوَ الْحَدِيثِ لِيُضِلَّ عَنْ سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ بِغَيْرِ عِلْمُ وَيَتَّخِذَهَا هُزُوَا أُولَٰئِكَ لَهُمْ عَذَابٌ مُّهِينٌ This is about Nadar ibn al-Harith. Nadar ibn al-Harith, when he would try to misguide people from the Qur'an, and, you, and he saw somebody is getting interested in the Qur'an and listening to Rasulullah, for that he had hired and he had imported Mughaniyat, singers from the Roman Empire dancers and singers he, would, he brought those dancers and singers and he would tell the people don't go and listen to the Quran over there you hear about Salat and, uh, and, and Ibadah and you'll hear about um, striving and sacrificing over here he actually was sponsoring them with food, free food and drink and khamar so the dancing girls would be giving the wine to the people and giving the food. Who's paying for it? Nadar ibn Harith from his own pocket. And he would say that, come here, do not go there. Do not listen to the Quran. Allah Ta'ala says, hadith. This word, lahul hadith, is referring to music. And we have covered this concept many times. One of the major, not, one of the well-known usul of tafsir is, Al-i'biratu bi'umum illad la li khusus sabab. 
What counts uh, when we derive a lesson from the Quran is uh, the generality of the wording and not limited to the specific circumstances of the revelation. The specific circumstances of the revelation is there, so we gain further insight, but it's not, oh yeah, that's about him only. No, it's for everyone. And this Lawar hadith is referring to music. Abdullah ibn Masood radiallahu anhu was asked, Abdullah ibn Masood is a alim of the Quran. He said, Wallahi, ma nazalat fil Qur'ani ayatun illa wa anna a'lamu fi man nazalat wa ayna nazalat wa law a'lamu ahadan a'lamu bi kitab illahi ta'ala minni tanaluhul mataya la'ataytuhu. He said that, Wallahi, I can swear that there's not a single ayah revealed in the Qur'an, but Allah has granted me the knowledge of whom it, where it was revealed and concerning whom it was revealed. And if I know anyone in the world that is possible to reach him that has more knowledge about the Qur'an than what Allah has granted me, I will go to him to seek from him. So this great alim of the Qur'an, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, he says, he was asked about this ayah, what is man yashtari lahu al-hadith? What does the lahu al-hadith mean? So he said, Wallahi ladhi la ilaha illahu wa karraha thalasan. He said, I swear by Allah, the one besides whom there is no one worthy of worship. Wallahi ladhi la ilaha illahu. Three times he swore, innama huwa al-ghina wal masamir. This is referring to music and instruments. This is referring to music and instruments. This is referring to music and instruments. That's why I'm, the reason I'm emphasizing this is to say, oh, you know, where your haram police came from, where you came up with music is haram. Because music, oh, it's happening in your weddings, in walimas. Then you say, oh, just, you know, once in a lifetime, hopefully. <laughs> right, but uh, so we just enjoying it and full on. That's still haram. But the worst case scenario is what? It's beyond that. Because we have Islamic conferences that have entertainment night with music. Now that is really uh, absolutely unacceptable. That you have, because no, when they're doing a walima, they're, they're not saying this is sunnah of Rasulullah that we will now have, you know, uh, a dance. This is the sunnah. Does anyone say it's a sunnah? They don't say it's a sunnah. That, that, this is a significant difference. When you start saying it is actually an Islamic amal at this point, that will uh, take it to uh, the next level. Uh, very, very dangerous. Allahumma fadna. So, إِنَّمَا هُوَ الْغِنَاءُ وَالْمَزَمِ Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, that غِنَاء يُمِتُ النِّفَاقِ فِي الْقَلْبِ كَمَا يُمِتُ الْمَاءُ غِنَاء music makes the hypocrisy grow in the heart the way water makes the crops grow. وكذلك قال الحسن البصري حسن البصري رحمه الله عليه said نزلت هذه الآية في الغناء والمزامير this ayah was revealed regarding music so may Allah Taala protect us from this what is haram proven by Allah in the Quran and the Sunnah of Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم then moving on uh, from Surah Al-Luqman then we have if someone says did we do Surah Al-Luqman all this 21st century? no we didn't but we are trying to catch up um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at the end he mentions Inna Allah indahu ilmu sa'a This is ayah 34 Surah Luqman Inna Allah indahu ilmu sa'a Only Allah ta'ala knows Has a full knowledge of when the hour will come Which hour? The hour of? The qiyamah وَيُنَزِلُ الْغَيْثِ And all of the details of the weather And the risk that Allah will provide And وَيَعْلَمُ مَا فِي الْأَرْحَامِ He knows, has a knowledge of that Which is in the, the, developing in the The fetus that is developing in the womb of the mother no one knows what they will earn tomorrow, what will happen tomorrow. No one knows in which land they will die, when they will die, where they will die. Inna Allah All of the knowledge lies with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what does Allah know? What are the unseen things that are infinite? But these are known as the five things uh, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that only Allah knows. And there is beautiful lessons about this that I have spoken here in the past as well about the story of Imam Malik, etc. Then we have Surah Alif Lamim As-Sajda. Alif Lamim As-Sajda, 
one ayah that we can reflect on before we move on to Surah Ahzab is ayah number 16. Allah Ta'ala speaks about the believers. This is a reminder for us in I'tikaf particularly in Ramadan for everyone, last 10 nights and for the entire life in fact. Allah Ta'ala speaks about the believers and He says, تَتَجَافَ جُنُوبُهُمْ عَنِ الْمَضَاجِعِ Their sides are remaining separate from their beds at night. What are they doing? They're awake making ibadah of Allah Ta'ala. يَدْعُونَ رَبَّهُمْ خَوْفًا وَتَمَعًا they're invoking and making dua to Allah with hope and fear and also with hope and desire for His rewards. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us among those who worship Him at night. Uh, Abdullah bin Salam was a rabbi, a chief rabbi of Baytul Midras, the rabbinical seminary in Yathrib. And when Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam made hijrah to Madinatul Manawara, and the first day the girls of the Ansar said, Tala' al-Badru alayna min thaniyyat al-wada'i wajaba shukru alayna ma da'a lillahi da'i Right, so when they say, when uh, when they sang and welcomed Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, then he said, "Let me go and check it out. What's going on as well?" So Abdullah bin Salam radiallahu anhu, uh, he goes and he says that I went out to wel- see, not necessarily welcome, but to see, inquisitive, curious to find out who is this man. He says, "Falamma he said, the first time I glanced at his face, I knew right away that this is not the face of a liar. The first words I heard him saying uh, was, He said, uh, uh, first words I heard him saying was, Spread the salam amongst yourselves. Feed, feed to people. Feed uh, the food to people. Feed people. Uh, have good relations with your family members. And sallu bil That's the reason I mentioned it. Sallu bil Perform the salah at night when nasun yam when the people are fast asleep. Like Imam Muhammad al Hassan asked, "Why you stay up at night?" He said, "Laqad namat aayunun nas i'atimadan alina." He said, "The eyes." have closed and are, fall, have, are in deep sleep of the ummah trusting upon us to make dua for them. So how can I close my eyes? In both ibadah perspective and tafaqqu as well as burning the midnight oil making tahqiq of the masail and fiqh. So Tallu bil perform salah at night when nasunia and people are fast asleep. Tadkhulul jannata bi salam you'll enter into Islam laughing you'll enter into jannah Happily, safely, securely, uh, laughing, you'll enter Jannah. Then we come to Surah Al-Ahzab. Surah Al-Ahzab, Ahzab is the uh, different confederates. They got together to attack Madinah Manawara. This is the last battle that the Sahaba were, and Rasulullah were in the defensive position. They defended themselves. They were under attack in Badr and also in Uhad and also in Khandaq. After that, Nabi said, next time we will attack them. This is the turning point, the battle of Ahzab. It is also known as the battle of Khandaq, the ditch. Allah Ta'ala speaks about a lot of detail of that battle here in this surah. And there is a masala uh, about um, adopting children. Do they have this? Uh, are, um, and ma- the importance of maintaining the biological lineage. That Allah Ta'ala speaks about that. Uj'uhum li aba'ihim. In ayah number 5. Uh, called uh, children and uh, boys or your girls by the names of their actual fathers. This is more fair in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So there was a boy, Zayd ibn Haritha, a young boy who was traveling with his mother in a caravan. They were attacked by the hijackers. They imprisoned them, made him into a slave, sold him in the marketplace. Hakim bin Hizam bought him in Makkah 
from the Quraysh, then he gave it as a gift to his uh, aunt Khadija al-Kubara. Khadija al-Kubara radiallahu anha, when you got married to Rasulullah sallallahu she gave him to Rasulullah sallallahu This is a story how the free boy, Zayd bin Haritha, ended up becoming a slave. And his fortune became bright as he became the slave of Rasulullah sallallahu And there are beautiful poetry of the father uh, who is searching to the east and the west and, his, and with his, uh, gave up everything in his life to go and find his, his lost son and then he comes to Makkah al-Makarama why because some people came from Hajj from his tribe and they saw him they go back and tell him that your son we saw him in Makkah so he takes all his life uh, savings and fortune and, and he borrows money from everyone and he goes to Makkah al-Makarama and he goes to, with his brother the uncle of Zayd radiallahu anhu so Haritha Zayd ibn Haritha he goes there and he uh, asks Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Ya Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam you are min Ashraf of Quraysh you are min Bani Hashim you are the grandson of Abdul Muttalib Muhammad bin Abdullah bin Abdul Muttalib bin Hashim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam so can you be generous and please take this money and give me my son back the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam gave an interesting response that shocked him he said that uh, you brought all this money to purchase your son back but uh, I don't mind I can give him for free but it's going to be depending on if he wants to he said well, subhanallah what type of condition is that if he wants to he said he's your slave and I'm his father and I've been crying for so long so he said Let, yeah let's call him and give him the choice so they called Zayd and said that, who is this? He said, he's my father, he's my uncle. He said, you have the choice. You want to go free with your father or you want to stay as, here as a slave? So he said that, no, I can never give anyone a preference over you. So then uh, the father, he, I mean, he was shocked beyond his life. He said that, subhanAllah, what kind of a master is this? He's not only his master, he's the master of all of us. Our master, our noble master, Sayyiduna, Rasulullah. So then, uh, So then what happened is, Nabi uh, Sallallahu was so overwhelmed, was so happy, and he said that, Oh Zayd, you are free for the sake of Allah, and I adopt you as my son. So after that, he was known for a number of years. This happened in Makkah, all the way to Surah Ahzab was revealed. He was known as Zayd al-Muhammad. Everyone called him Zayd al-Muhammad. Zayd the son of Muhammad. Because Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, you are my son. But then this ayah was revealed, which is very sad, this day for Zayd, where his name was directly linked with Rasulullah, Zayd ibn Muhammad. And then after that, it had to go back to Zayd ibn Haritha. Because maintaining the lineage has been made as a paramount thing in our deen. For many reasons which are beyond the scope of tonight's discussion. Uh, so, now he felt pain, right? But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala... Uh, did not want to hurt his feelings. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it up for him in, in the best manner possible. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the, uh, how did Allah ta'ala say? Not only a reward or something of that nature in Jannah, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knew that his pain was with regard to his name. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him the unique honor that he had, uh, his name is the only name of a sahabi of this ummah, of anyone in this ummah that is mentioned in the Quran. Abu Bakr's name is not in the Quran. Umar, Usman, and Ali, his names are not in the Quran. Their stories are, The most fearing slave of Allah, disregarding Abu Bakr. There's ayats about Umar, the ayats about Uthman and Ali, but their names are not in the Quran. Whereas Zayd, his name is in the same surah, Surah Ahzab, Zayd's name was put in the Quran as a consolation for him. That your name has been biologically, your lineage is not with Muhammad sallallahu alaihi so it has been separated. Makana Muhammadun aba ahadin mirrijalikum. Muhammad sallallahu alaihi is not the father of any of your men. 
His, his first son was Qasim, Abu Qasim Sallallahu who died. And, and then Ab, Abdullah, the second one, whose, whose titles were Tayyib bin Tahir. And the third one was Ibrahim at the end in Medina from Maria Qibtiya. So he passed away in the lap of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He was, he's, um, he's gharghar, yugharghiru, the final death rattle. He breathed his last in the lap of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the tears were flowing down from the eyes of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So someone said, Ya Rasulullah, this is from the qada of Allah and you're crying. Is that permissible? He wanted to learn. So Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam mentioned the haquq and the hudud, the limits. Very eloquently, in brief words, he said, In la'ina tadma' Verily the eyes are shedding tears. وَالْقَلْبَ يَحْزُنْ And the heart is filled with grief. وَلَا نَقُولُ إِلَّا مَا يَرْضَى بِهِ رَبُّنَا But with the tongue, we will not complain against that which Allah has decreed. So it is permissible for the heart to feel grief. It is permissible for the eyes to shed tears. But it is not permissible to complain with the tongue. So beautiful. He summarized the whole situation. So he passed away. So Zayd is not the son of Rasulullah Wasallam. Allah Ta'ala decreed that. The grandsons Hassanain are there, became a big split till, you know, till today the Shia and Sunnis fighting. Imagine if he had a son, what would have happened? Allah Ta'ala knows best what is his hikmah in not allowing a son to remain for Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Then, فِلَمْ تَعَلَمُوا أَبَاهُمْ If you don't know who their fathers are, فَإِخْوَانُكُمْ فِي الدِّينَ Then they're just your brothers in the deen. Do not attribute them to anyone. So this is a, an ayah that was mentioned here about a specific masala. Then Allah Ta'ala speaks about the right of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. The right of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam over the believers is greater than the right that we have for ourselves over ourselves. So if you have a right of self-preservation, you have to save yourself. You cannot kill yourself. Why is suicide haram? You say, it's my life, I can kill it. No, you cannot. You have a right to, uh, 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 your body has a right over yourself. So, but the right of Rasulullah is greater than the right of our body. And the simplest way of seeing that is that in the time when Nabi Sallallahu was alive, to defend Rasulullah if a person had to give his life, that's not just an act of virtue or permissible, but it rather is the obligation and faridah to give one's life to defend Rasulullah In fact, the one who hesitates about giving his life to defend Rasulullah's iman is in danger. Because Nabi Sallallahu said, لا يؤمن أحدكم You cannot be a mu'min حتى أكون أحبا إليه until I am more beloved to him, than his parents, children, and all of mankind. So Umar was aqalluhum takallufan, not only him, but the entire Sahaba, aqalluhum takallufan, had least formalities, abarruhum quluban, most purest hearts, a'maquhum ilman, deepest knowledge. They were the lanterns of guidance. So this is a description of the Sahaba. So he, had, he said, Ya Rasulullah, I, I love you more than everyone, but I don't know, do I love you more than myself? He, he had the iman, but he was doubting it. He wasn't sure yet. So Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Be careful, O Umar, your iman would be incomplete. Then he, case study scenario was presented, or he thought about it. Look, if I have to give my life to defend Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, would I hesitate? Absolutely not. So therefore, what does that prove? I love Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam more than myself. And the wives of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi are the mothers of the believers. Now the wives of Rasulullah there is ayat about them in Surah Al-Azab, but I'm looking at the time, it's gone very late. So we will continue to pick up, if you remind me, inshallah, I will try to remember myself. There are beautiful, very important lessons about the wives of Rasulullah in Surah Al-Azab. So we will talk about the wives of Rasulullah in the incident that happened tomorrow, inshallah, the preview for tomorrow. 
so make sure we are all here. May Allah grant me the tawfiq to be here as well. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to follow the footsteps of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. There's another ayah here is لَقَدْ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنًا For you in the noble life of Rasulullah is the best example. May Allah ta'ala allow us to follow the footsteps of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Tonight is an odd night. We have made a brief dua before. You can continue making your own dua. I will not make a necessary another collective dua. Uh, don't forget Aisha radiallahu anha asked Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Ya Rasulullah dua and teach me a dua I should make. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam تُحِبُّ الْعَفْوَ فَعْفُ عَنِّي اللهم إنك عفوًا تُحِبُّ الْعَفْوَ فَعْفُ عَنِّي In case you forget it, let's all make it the dua now اللهم إنك عفوًا تُحِبُّ الْعَفْوَ فَعْفُ عَنِّي Oh Allah, you are the forgiving تُعْفُوًا تُحِبُّ الْعَفْوَ You love to forgive فَعْفُ عَنِّي So forgive me So may Allah Ta'ala grant us all maghfirah and allow us to inshallah perform fajr salah with jama'ah Then we'll get the reward of worshipping Allah the entire night so uh, we may not be able to stay up all night in ibadah but if we perform the fajr then inshallah we'll get the reward of making ibadah the entire night also I wanted to highlight that uh, for our beloved uh, respected sisters please note that uh, from the fajr time all the way till midnight past midnight till about 12 to, uh, 30 now uh, the women's side section is open all the programs they can hear and participate in ibadah the sisters who can hear me right now and this program right now is live stream as well. Uh, there is only a few hours in the middle of the night from 12.30 till Fajr where we have some maintenance issues from the men's side. We need access to the women's side. Uh, to Sometimes we have to do some AV work, security work, different maintenance issues. So the men, we do not have access to the women's side the whole day. This is a brief uh, window where the men come and take care of different affairs. So that is why the women's section needs to be Closed from around 12:30 till Fajr. After and whatever programs are happening at night, there there were some questions about Mufti Azimuddin's late night session with the youth. Uh, it will also be live streamed, so we can listen to them from our home, inshallah, and benefit. Uh, and any inconvenience in this regard, uh, we sincerely apologize. We do not want to inconvenience anyone. We want everyone to benefit, inshallah, in the proper manner according to Sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Jazakumullahu khairan wa salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. In about 15 minutes, Mufti Adimuddin's session with the youth will begin. Jazakum.